Welcome back to Society Talks. I'm Joe Lorenzo, and I'm here with the fabulous Kim Cameron. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I am fabulous. I'm looking at the ocean right now from my Miami Beach uh, window, so uh, oh. I can't be uh, complaining at all. I love that. I was actually in Miami over the holidays, um, but and every like just a side note for her saying that, guys, we're not together. We're still following COVID rules. We usually do this in a studio in Hollywood, but um, we're doing it remotely. She's in Miami. I'm in Los Angeles. So um, all of you in the Midwest or in the Northeast that are freezing right now, you can be jealous of us. It's okay. Um, so Kim, I'm excited to talk to you about the uh, a project that you recently had. Um, that, that recently just came out, but I want to start at the beginning. where did you grow up and how did you get into this? Well, I, I grew up in the LA area, um, okay. just kind of north of probably where you're at in Thousand Oaks and, oh, yeah. uh, kind of bopped around the, the different States and landed up here, um, about seven and a half years ago and completely fell in love with Miami, Miami beach and decided, okay, this is where I'm staying. Awesome. Yeah, I love it there. I mean, I have a, I'm half Cuban and half Italian. My Cuban side is all down there. So um, it's beautiful down there, especially this time of year. So can't complain. No. What? Um, so, I mean, you're like a unicorn that you the fact that you were born and raised in L.A. because not many people are. But um, when did you feel that you wanted to be a performer? Because you do it all. You sing, you act, you do everything. But when did you um, and, you know, you know, a writer, et cetera. But when did you kind of get that bug? Uh, well, I probably threw music, but I was thrown on stage when I was just a little, like in elementary school. And I think it's because I was the only one who had the nerve to do it. I don't, I don't recall that saying that, yeah, I really want to be the lead in this musical as a, you know, a fifth grader. But, right. you know, when you're, when you're that age, they're just trying to find people that will learn the lines and can stand up on stage and things like that. So um, I was doing uh, musical theater and learning the clarinet in, back in elementary school. And then I, I, I continued on that path um, in both music and doing some, you know, stage acting all through high school. And then, you know, joined a really bad cover band uh, the beginning of college and, and played and played. I mean, we had so much fun. We really did have a great time. We were awful. We were like really, really bad musically, but people are so forgiving of cover bands, you know, if, as long as they can recognize it, they don't care that you don't really yeah, sing in tune. Along. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the yeah. guitars aren't exactly right and all those things, but um and, and then in 2008, um, I had a family member who was diagnosed with cancer and he had a, a pretty serious situation at the time. And I ended up writing a song about it and I got the bug. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it's like to songwrite. Went into studio with my band at the time and we recorded a song and I, I became hooked. It was like a super huge addiction and I couldn't, I couldn't stop. And so now I'm 300, I guess almost 400 songs later, and I'm still writing and still producing and um, expanding myself over to film. Now, yeah, which we're going to get to, and I'm excited about that. Um, it's a Dove Channel original. But um, as far as this, the songwriting goes, it, I mean, 
I, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to this question, but is it more rewarding to do it for someone else and to see it uh, come to fruition? Or is it more rewarding for, for you to do, to write the song and then uh, and perform it as well? Well, right, right now, my experience with writing for somebody else is fairly limited to different films that I've been asked to. And I got to tell you, it's very stressful because you don't know what they want and they don't know what they want because yeah. music a, a lot of times is just very subjective. And especially when you're writing for somebody else's film, you have no idea what they're looking for. And they try to explain it to you, but they really don't know how to explain it to you. And, and you kind of go through this trial and error. And it, 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 so that I find that extremely challenging. I, I know this one film I was writing for, they had given me, you know, all the storyboards. And so in my, it, for me as a music supervisor, when I do my own film, you know, I, I looked at it and I said, oh, this is exactly what I hear. And this is the, this is the genre and everything and put all this effort into it um, and put lyrics that made sense with the story, blah, blah, blah. And they said, oh, no, this is not what we want at all. Not even close. So then I was like, okay, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's, so it, it's. So then I, it's completely back to the drawing board? Completely back to the drawing board. Um, wow. So it, writing for somebody else is super challenging. Now, I, probably the exception would be if you wrote a song and somebody else liked it and said, can I, can I, you know, record this? And then wow. you're not dealing with the back and forth, right? It's just done. Um, but definitely writing for films is, um, I find very stressful. <laughs> so yeah. you're really happy once they say, yes, this is what we like. And then you're like, Oh, thank God. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, right now I prefer to just pick on my own writing and my own self in doing music and leave the rest to, uh, other people. Yeah, well, that's great. And you've performed for some pretty big crowds, NFL and things like that. Let's talk about that a little bit. So I've gotten to perform twice for the NFL. And the great thing is I did it before all the controversy of the kneeling and things like that, which yeah. I'm sure the different singers are just mortified about now. It's just not the same. But uh, the first was on Christmas Eve and it was 20 degrees out. I thought I was not going to be able to sing because I couldn't stop my teeth from chattering. Because oh my like, you're out there 30 minutes before you sing. That's just the, the way the NFL has it very structured. Like you, They have it exactly timed and you do exactly 90 seconds of the national anthem. There's no more or less. It's got to be 90 seconds because of the TV and the commercials. And that was for um, the Redskins. Um, and I thought, okay, I've done it. It was really rewarding and everything. And I thought, I, you know, I've, I've lost one of my nine lives. So then I got asked, um, I guess three years later to do it for the Giants. Now, the great thing about the Giants, which they treat, they know how to treat people. I, I mean, they picked me up in a limo from the city and brought me, it was just, it was beautiful. But the difference um, on the Giants was that it was like 70 degrees, much more enjoyable experience for me than 20. And I, it told me right there, like, um, okay, I can't, I don't really like doing the 20 degree kind of weather when you're singing. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the Giants. Um, both were packed houses. Um, Giants had slightly more, I think they had 78,000, whereas I think the Redskins only had like 
72 or something like that. So yeah. big crowds. But once you pass a thousand, it doesn't, you know, you don't, there's no difference. It's just a, a sea of people. Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've not, I'm no, believe me, I'm no singer, but I've, I do public speaking as well. And it's, and it's actually much easier to do it to a larger crowd, but yes, once you're past a thousand, which I've, I've done, you know, 10,000 and I've done a thousand, I've done 40, which is really tough because then you're really, it's really intimate, but I totally understand that. Now you say the giants, I'm a giants fan. Cause I was born and raised in New Jersey. Um, uh, they're not doing so great these days, but, um, what, you know, what is it about not just the NFL, but, but, but performing for such a large crowd, like, cause you know, there's some singers like Adele's last tour with her last album was an arena tour where, I mean, it was huge, huge crowds. What is it about singing to a crowd like that, as opposed to maybe lounge singing like uh, Lady Gaga did with Joanne, where she did the smaller venues? You know, I, from a nerves perspective, it's much easier to be in those large shows um, when you don't see faces and reactions. Uh, that's that's for me. It's easier. The larger, the better. But there is a there is a challenge um, for you as an artist when you're in those small, intimate, kind of acoustic kind of things that I think is good for artists to keep doing because. It, it forces you to really connect to the people that you're supposed to be connecting to. Obviously, in stadiums or you know large crowds, you, you can't connect to anyone, but it becomes um, a big challenge. You know, it's not just that you're performing, but that you are. You have to make sure that they feel like you're you're singing to them in those right. small rooms and so it's very nerve-wracking um but i also enjoy doing it because it's good for me to do it i mean it's it's not my favorite but it's good for me to do it yeah and now typically so if you decide you're going to write a song whether it be for a film or for yourself whatever it is what's that process like how long does that typically take and is it like writers I used to, back in the day, I used to represent writers and actors, and I, I, I said back in the day, like, like it's like yesteryear. But um, anyway, I used to, <laughs> and I used to have uh, writers that, like, I couldn't get a hold of for 30 days because they were hauled up in some cabin for, you know, trying to get this out of their brain and onto paper. What's that process like for you? I, I think it's similar when I put together these, I've, I've done, um, three screen um, plays uh, and you really once you get down into the weeds of it you really do want to focus on getting it done and then I've written you know five children's books so all that process is you know you definitely want to stay in that zone when you're doing it and I, I find it's not too dissimilar when I'm recording a brand brand new song as well I don't like to record a little bit and then come back to it in a week or two. Um, right. I, I get in the zone and I, I really want to capture the ideas that are going around in my head. So it's, it's, um, I think that the big challenge I have is when I have multiple projects going on, like I do right now is I, I I'm sort of scattered and I'm trying to force myself, okay, just work on this one this week. And then you can work on that one next week because you're, you know, your creative process is different when you're working on film versus working on songs. And it, it can kind of disrupt your flow. Got it. Okay. 
so when, okay. So when writing the song, your song, then what, like how long does it take to get it into recording and things like that? Do you, and now with COVID, do you have those capabilities in your own home or do you still have to go to a studio? Well, even before COVID, I had put together an in-house studio um, years ago because okay. I just, I wanted to have that flexibility. I wanted to be able to, when I have a song idea, I wanted to be able to record it. I wanted to be able to track it, send it places if I wanted to send it. And it just gave me um, a lot more marketability as well. That's when I was able to actually do, you know, um, some composition for, for film scores because I had, I could do it, right? I had, I didn't have to go rent a studio, see if it was available, you know, get an engineer, blah, blah, blah. So I, um, that's been something I've had for quite a while and I find that to be super helpful, but it also, when you get in that zone, uh, you know, I'll start maybe in the morning because I'll send like I got an idea and all of a sudden I look up and it's dark out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for eight, nine hours and I didn't oh, realize yeah. it and I haven't taken a shower yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so those times, they, they totally happened to me. Yeah. Now let's go to the film side. Where, how did you parlay, you know, from writing and doing a little bit of musical theater, like you said, parlay that into doing films? Well, it, it was kind of a natural transition because when you're doing music, you have to do a music video if you want anybody to listen to it these days, right? It's all mm -hmm. about having a visual. And the more music videos I did, the more I started learning. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing my own music videos. So I started directing, producing my own music videos and just hiring people to do the camera work. And as I continued on, I, I was like, you know, I really am digging this whole filmmaking um, aspect of it. And I took my first children's book and I said, I, I would love to turn this into an animation project. Is that the Seeper Powers? That's the Seeper Powers. And okay. so it took quite a few years because first I had to convert it to a screenplay. And that took a good, um, that, that took a good year of my time because I didn't, it was my first one. I didn't really understand how to do it. Because it, when you're doing animation, you also have to you have to think about things differently in animation. Everything's about seconds versus when you're doing, you know, any other kind of film, it's about minutes, right? So in in animation, you're, I'm drawing out all the storyboards by second. So if I want one of the characters to lift their arm up, I have to show that, and how many seconds do I want that to take? Whereas when you're doing just a, a a movie that's not animated, you know, you don't think about those things. You think about things, well, he's going to walk out the door, right? <laughs> so he's going to walk out the door. So you don't think about how many seconds it takes him to walk out of the door. He walks out of the door. So uh, it, it's a little bit of a different mindset. It's more tedious when you're th thinking about animation films. And, you know, there's um, obviously there's a lot of syncing, not that you don't do syncing in film, but it's um, the syncing becomes so so critical because if your lip sync is off on the characters, boy, you really right. notice it. I mean, really notice it. Yeah, I totally get that. I um, for a long time I represented E.G. Daly, who's Tommy Pickles on the Rugrats and Buttercup on Powerpuff Girls, mm -hmm. and she does a lot of animation and and. 
Yeah, I mean, I on the on the on the performing side, I understand that it's, it's very exacting. You know, when you get the words from you, let's say from the writer, it's very exacting for the actor to do as well. Um, now, is this the project that is on the Dove Channel? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, talk a little bit about because not a lot of people know what the Dove Channel is, and this is now become what they're calling a Dove Channel original, as opposed to because they they probably right commissioned you to do it to adapt to your your book specifically for a series for them, correct? So the Dove Channel, um, they're their own streaming. They're all about like family content um, okay. and their own by Synodyne. So Synodyne has several streaming platforms, network platforms, and, and Dove is geared towards either younger audiences or just family films. Like they, they just want family films. Don't, they don't want nudity. They don't want swearing. They don't want any of those things. This is just like a, the cleanest films possible. So if you wanted something super safe that you don't have to worry about anything, you turn on the Dove channel and there you go. And so when um, we were, you know, I had, there was a friend of mine who said, you know what, looking at your screenplay, I think you're a really good fit for the Dove channel. And he was right. Um, so, cause we had shopped it around obviously to the other ones and had some interest here and there, but really the best fit um, was the Dove channel. And, so they were so excited. They were like, yeah, we well, want this to be a Dove Channel original. And I was all for it. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the subsequent films that, that come out of it. But, you know, they're, they're a super pleasure to work with. And even though they are their own channel, um, what you'll see is Dove shows up everywhere. So they go, they, they're on Amazon they're, they're on Roku, they're on, they're on all the major platforms as well. So they just, they, they farm out their content to the other guys, um, Got with it. the, with the little, you know, Dove channel original in the corner. Logo. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So now is this a space that you want to stay in, in this, this family kid, um, you know, I mean, are you writing more in this space? Absolutely. So the idea is because I have five um, books, um, the idea is that at least all five at this point would eventually turn into movies. I am working on movie number two. So, uh, and I have Vanilla Ice as one of the characters um, <laughs> in movie number two. So uh, that. that should be fun, but it is the, it is the sequel to the first one. Okay. Um, uh, my, we'll see. I, I mean, I'd love to have it done. Um, by next Christmas, I could have, you know, another one out uh, within a year of the, the first release. Um, that might be too ambitious, but you never know. Okay. So now, Kim, where can people find all of your information? I mean, I think your website is sidefxband.net, correct? That's one of the websites that's on the music side. On the film side, they can go to, it's called superpowers.com, which is spelled S-E-A, like superpowers, but they're superpowers.com. Um, and they can see all about the series and there's the trailer and, and about the film in there. And what about following you on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that? What are those? 
Yeah. So Instagram, I'm probably more in love with Instagram because it just seems to be easier these days. Um, oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Kim Cameron and then a little underscore side effects. But if you type in Kim Cameron, most people just find me right away. Um, or superpowers on the film side. I do post all the you know different clips that are going on and the different movie news. And that's um, superpowers is the, my handler there. Superpowers is also the handler for my um, YouTube and my Facebook pages on the movie side. And then on my side, on the music side, I should say, um, Side Effects and Kim Cameron. You can find me on Facebook, Side Effects and Kim Cameron on YouTube. And those are kind of the major ones. Awesome. I love it. Last question. What kind of advice or like words of wisdom could you give to somebody out there that's listening that says, Mom, I think I want to write maybe I want to have a hand in writing songs or I think maybe I want to, I don't know, try being an author, any, any of the number of jobs or hats that you're wearing right now, what advice would you have for some young people? I would say the only thing you is stopping yourself is you and, you know, pick up a pen and start writing. Uh Um, People that's their biggest Achilles heel is that they don't just do it. And it doesn't have to be perfect at once because eventually you're going to find something that's really interesting about what you wrote or about what you sang or what you created. And then you're going to say, okay, I'm ready to share it and make something of it. It will happen. And there's there's no doubt it will happen, but you have to take the first step and just, just do it. Yeah. I mean, I could not agree more. And it's all about dedication as well. I mean, even in the acting world, I've been in, in, in managing and casting and all of this for 23 years now. And and it's, you know, look, it's not necessarily the one that's the most famous all the time or the one that's the best all the time. It's the one that just doesn't give up, really. Yes. It's the, yeah. the, the, the tenacity and the determination. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, Kim, it's been really, really lovely talking to you. Guys, you can check out Seeper Powers, uh, her animated, it's a film, correct? Yes. Animated film, and then she's working on the second one right now. It's a, a Dove Channel original, but like she said, you can check it out on Hulu and Roku and all those other streaming services. Go follow her on all those fabulous social media pa- platforms. Her name is Kim, Cam- Kim Cameron, and I really appreciate you talking with me today, Kim. Thank you so much. It's been great. Enjoy Miami. I'm jealous. It actually is. It actually is kind of chilly here. It's like 61 degrees, which is chilly for Los Angeles. That is chilly. I know. So I'm, <laughs> I'm jealous of you, Kim. Um, all right, guys, and t- tune in till next time. Thank you, Kim Cameron. Bye bye. Bye.